0: Welcome to Beggar's Bread, a podcast where we invite Christians and truth seekers to engage with thoughtful sources in an age of disinformation. Our name is inspired from the quote by D.T. Niles, evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Each week we recommend a source for you, either a sermon, podcast, or video. This week we bring you bookmarks not included. And with that, this is Luke, here in Wisconsin, and of course I'm here with Nick in North Carolina. How's it going, Nick? Hello.
1: It is going good. That's No good. complaints here. Yeah. As far as I can remember. I think it's always fun that, you know that we talk off the air, and we've already caught up, and then when we record, I'm like, oh yeah, what did we talk about like two seconds ago? <laughs> That's true.
0: <laughs> well uh, in case you know something we can we can pull up something that we were talking about just now, this will be released on Veterans Day, so oh, yeah, uh, to just want to say thank you to all those who serve and to those who are uh supporting those who serve, whether they're a you know spouse or a parent um really appreciate that and today, I guess we're not really talking about um wars that well actually before i get ahead of myself let me just start by saying this today we're recommending a book for the season and it's it's long uh i would say i don't maybe not long what would you say nick would you say it's a long book or no
1: i would say well i'm gonna look at it i'm gonna look at it because (laughs) you got this for me well because i have to like let me lay eyes on it, because I've been reading since getting a Kindle. I read probably over 20 books on Kindle, and so page length is not as prevalent. I don't know. It just feels easier to read on Kindle. Like, you just get through them so fast. Oh. Um, and then with this book, I was like, Ugh, it's taking me forever. <laughs> but I think it's because, A, I got it as a gift in February for my birthday from my co-host. Woo! Yeah. And yeah, I was books. already reading other books. And it was basically like, hey, here's a gift for an assignment. <laughs> and <laughs> that you need to read this so that we can talk about it on the show. Because we had it talked prior to um, <laughs> prior to this book coming into the, the foreground, right? About doing an episode on Israel-Palestinian relations and history and stuff like that. Um, but we hadn't necessarily like nailed down a specific resource that we're like, this is solid. This is something that we can like recommend very wholeheartedly. Right. Um, and I think also like, just because like when we were discussing this episode topic way back when, like this was probably before, maybe it was around season four. I don't remember when it was, but we were talking about it and how like we just didn't know anything <laughs> like as far as like like we had the you know the surface level talking points but you really did propel us in that direction of the deep end yeah and now did I almost drown maybe it is a little <laughs> hard to get into kind of but ultimately i feel like it was really beneficial for me to to read Ah, oh, so can I get you another book for your next birthday?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: I'll take book recommend- No, no, no. I take book recommendations. Well, actually, let me preface that by saying I take certain individuals' book <laughs> recommendations. Because um, we talked about yeah, we talked about book recommendations in the past, and uh, yeah, there are definitely I have certain parameters. But the one book that you've gotten me so far has been good. I know I gave you um, the history of racist ideas in America oh yeah i haven't yeah. it yet but i have oh, them no. i have it on my bookshelf well there. you also still have my uh new jim crow <laughs> that oh, i lent you like over a year ago <laughs> oh
0: man i do but that's do that. fine that that'll that.
1: come up in a later episode actually because i realized uh we are completely out of order in our recordings and nobody's right. gonna understand what we're talking about sequentially <laughs> Oh, no, it's all right. Yeah, we're, we're talking about a... Well, we're
0: recommending a documentary related to the new Jim Crow, um, the book, so... Spoiler. Spoiler. Wow, we give a spoiler for our own podcast. Look at us, just ruining everything. Anyway, the, <laughs> <laughs> the title of the book we're recommending is called Side by Side, Parallel Histories of Israel-Palestine, and... It is kind of a collaboration put together by the Peace Research Institute in the Middle East. Um, basically, very simply, they there were Israeli scholars who put together an Israeli perspective on these certain time periods. And there were Palestinian scholars who put together a Palestinian perspective on these same time periods. And literally in the book, on the left-hand side, it's Israel. And on the right-hand side, it's Palestine. So it's almost like you're reading two different books, but it's in the same book. And that's why I said bookmarks with an S not included because I was like, oh, I have to have two bookmarks because one is for Israel and one's for Palestine. So.
1: Oh, smart, smart. You know, I didn't even catch that. I was just like, he wrote that because it's complicated.
0: Well no, you know sometimes you were like uh, I don't know like batteries not included or something. I'm like I don't know. You buy this book and you're expecting like oh I'm just going to stick my finger in the page number. It's like oh no, you got you got to have two fingers or multiple bookmarks.
1: It's almost <laughs> like choose your own story, you know like those um those little adventure novels where you're like please turn to page 12. Oh no, you died. No oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> but in this case it's uh it's real.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a little more intense than, uh, I know what you're talking about though, but yeah. So, uh, before we get too far into it, I thought, what if I just take a quote, which I thought was somewhat of a summary of a Palestinian perspective, and then similarly a quote from Israel, Israel's perspective and give that, um, so, uh, just a, broad overview. Um so here we go. The first one I'm taken from the Palestinian perspective. It says the Palestinians were convinced that there was no reason for them to pay for the tribulations and torture that the Jews suffered at the hands of the Christians in Europe, which in fact amounted to a serious crime against humanity. Furthermore, Zionism appeared before the Third Reich, which meant that the Zionist aspirations in Palestine preceded the great crime that befell them during World War II. It was quite baffling to the Palestinians why it wasn't fair for the Jews to be a minority in a Palestinian state, though it was deemed fair to transform half the Palestinian people, who comprised the majority of the original inhabitants living on the land of their fathers and forefathers into a minority living under foreign rule in a Jewish state, uh, blessed by the partition plan. Uh, so, again, really just a, something to start with. I thought the word baffling was a interesting word to use because there's a sense, again, I'm doing my best to try. I'm not really taking a side today, so if you are tuning in hoping for a ah, yes, beggar's bread is pro-Palestine, or, oh, yes, beggar's bread is pro-Israel. That's not really what you're going to get, at least for me. I don't know, maybe you'll get it from Nick.
1: (laughs) Maybe. I think it's more... uh, No, no, I think it's more like the structure of this book in many ways encompasses kind of what we were aiming to do with this podcast, right? And so I also have a quote, right, in which it's talking about that dual narrative approach, in which, you know, you're using one side of the book talking about Palestinian narrative of history in the Middle East, or particularly in Israel, the state of Israel, or the modern state of Israel. And then you have the Israeli narrative of history on the other side, and as you're reading it, there's, like, not necessarily a synthesis that occurs, but Well, let me just use the quote that they have in the book. And so basically like, and this is in the preface, right? So the habitual stance of simply ignoring one another's historical narrative gives way to a process of developing mutual respect and understanding of each side's, like air quotes, logic as a necessary, if not sufficient step towards developing a better relationship with the other and between the two peoples. Yeah,
0: Necessary If Not Sufficient. I feel like that could be the title of this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Necessary If Not Sufficient?
0: Yeah, there's a sense of, like, in any great struggle, like, of two different sides, or multiple sides, more than two, there's a sense of, like, uh, yeah, communication overall, normally
1: necessary, may not be sufficient, but necessary. (laughs) Right, right, and they, like, really do frame this book as, um... I just really like the preface to it all talking about their approach um, to educating people and particularly they were honing in on that younger generation like I would say we're young right like we count I think we're in that that identification um, but basically like their goal is to move beyond the one dimensional identification with their own narrative and become equipped to acknowledge understand and respect without having to accept the narrative of the other and so I think that key aspect the ability to understand and have empathy while not necessarily completely accepting one person's narrative over another kind of it feels so similar to kind of the things that we've talked about on this show before and so that's why i'm such a big fan of this book and the recommendation and just how it ties in really well with our approach to podcasting and talking <laughs> about various issues right
0: <laughs> yeah no absolutely absolutely this sense of hey there's multiple sides to this um i will say you know some issues are difficult because you don't really want to present two sides as equivalent like you don't want to give like moral equivalency to two different
1: postures oh right and i but, think we've definitely yeah. addressed that before in the show like or like season one i think
0: probably well and i mean i just don't remember but i i
1: trust you i <laughs> i don't remember our <laughs> episodes are you kidding me <laughs> somebody like, asked me like what, what what do y'all talk about on the show and i'm like uh uh <laughs> let me look through some episodes from like the last week just tell them economics that'll make them want to listen <laughs> oh i do i do mention that sometimes because i think it's hilarious um <laughs> <laughs> no that what you were talking about with the dual narrative
0: though um that it, it brought up a, a quote, you know, I know, I know a quote and mentioned David French all the time. but I'm like, honestly, it's just so good. The, the guy just gets so many good quotes. I was reading an article that said <laughs> he's writing a uh, personal harassment is spiraling out of control. Um, so and he, in it he says the partisan posture all too often goes something like this. I will take you seriously only so long as you acknowledge that my side is mostly right. And the other side is mostly wrong. <laughs> so it's like, wow, that's how I often feel when I'm talking about Israel and Palestine. People, it's like, oh, can I even talk about this with somebody? Because I feel like it's gonna be like, why aren't you pro-Palestine? Are you crazy? Or why aren't you pro-Israel? Are you crazy? Like, do you know this side is a terrorist organization? Or do you know the the crimes and massacres this side has done? And I'm like, oh man, well, actually, a lot of the stuff I don't know. So that's partly why I really like this book. Um, I like it, it. just feels like a great beginning point for someone like me. Who's like, I've never really studied this conflict before. I've heard a lot of people talk about it. Mm-hmm, um, right. So I liked, I like that quote talking about Palestine where it's basically like, again, this is just distilling it. But from the outside, just reading this book as an orientation, my understanding is the Palestinians are kind of like, Hey, you know, It was awful what happened to Jews in World War II, but what does it have to do with us? (laughs) Um, And then there's also, so then I have a quote from, it looks like the Israeli Declaration of Independence. Um, So it says, the land of Israel was the birthplace of the Jewish people. Here, their spiritual, religious, and political identity was shaped. Here they first attained to statehood, created cultural values of national and universal significance, and gave to the world the eternal book of books. After being forcibly exiled from their land, the people remained faithful to it throughout their dispersion and never ceased to pray and hope for their return to it and for the restoration in it of their political freedom. And then this is also... um, on this commentary on the declaration of independence this and if you're reading the book and you're like hey where's he getting these quotes um the palestinian quote i got from 105 and 107 uh you know it it skips 106 because the left side is israel the right side is palestine um and then i'm pulling from pages 122 and 124 for this past quote in this one right here the declaration of independence became the foundational document in the history of israel the declaration set forth the two guiding principles of the state as a, quote, Jewish state and a, quote, democratic state. And the state of Israel has been struggling with the integration of these two principles ever since. Um, I don't know that I really have like too much insight on that struggle. I just thought that was an interesting quote. Every once in a while I hear about politics in Israel. I know people who are aware of international politics will often have lots to say and, you know, they'll educate me. But um, I just thought that was a two two quotes for me that were helpful in kind of distilling down okay here's kind of some postures one the palestinian side going hey what what does this have to do with us that you guys are are coming and settling in here and israel going hey we're tied to this land this land is not just arbitrary it's it's our birthplace it's our you know we're inextricably tied to it so anyway that was just a
1: a brief thought (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's a good starting point for sure. And I mean, like, this whole... I think this whole episode is really just about that starting point because there's a lot of people that come in with presuppositions, right? Like, I know for me growing up, like, that was definitely... The presupposition that, you know, Israel can do no wrong was so strongly ingrained that, like, I'd never heard of these different narratives that the book's recommending, right? That's talking about historical realities from a different perspective that needs to be listened to and cannot really be ignored either um, just because it impacts so many people and it's also just such a controversial issue that if you're not listening to people's voices in this conflict then it's kind of harder to get a really comprehensive picture of what's going on and so again just harking back on that resource and thinking about how it could really launch you off into a position where you have a greater understanding of the history going back to like what was it like 19, late 19th century zionist beginnings or something like that or turn of the 20th century something like that up until i think this book ends in like 2000 right yeah it, it
0: talks a little bit about the 90s in the last couple pages
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right so, I mean, it's not even fully updated, so. Yeah, because we're recording this in 2021. So it's a, we're missing about a decade of uh, new information, right? So, again, this a launching point to get you at least some context for why, you know, certain factions in the state of Israel are behaving the way they are, whether it be political parties or resistance movements or um, the PLO, stuff like that. Right. now, I, I think, uh,
0: I think you're onto something just talking about the sense of when it, when it comes to these things, you know, this book was written in 2012. It kind of finishes in like the 2000s. We're in 2021. So I just appreciate it. It really is a history. I mean, that's. It's interesting because I feel like when you read most history, or I shouldn't even say most history, but a lot of history for me growing up in school and even after school, college, whatever, often it'd be reading about historical events that, you know, if you're reading about ancient Egypt or ancient Greece or ancient Israel, it's all ancient. Or if you're reading about World War One or World War Two, like those wars are already over, whereas this conflict is ongoing. So it's interesting even thinking about just how difficult it can be it's already difficult to disentangle biases in history but it's like especially difficult thinking about a conflict that is still going at least that's how that's kind of how i was feeling about it as i was
1: reading yeah because there's so many different developing pieces even as we speak right that impact the conversation and impact like geopolitics like it's just a lot To take in, and I think what uh, what's interesting about the book is that they do kind of touch on that. How what's challenging for readers or people that are being educated by this material, because it was developed for like teachers to use in the classroom, right? Is that for some participants of that learning process, it's more challenging than for others that are less emotionally engaged in it, that aren't like actively living in the conflict that's occurring, right? And so when you have these educational settings in Palestine and in Israel that are trying to use this material, like it's going to be a lot more challenging for them than for us to, say, engage with it from like a disengaged perspective. Because we don't necessarily have the same sort of like emotions running high and senses or feelings of injustice is occurring. Um, not on the same level, at least if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Or sense of danger. I mean it, it, these two different factions in a lot of ways you know, there's there's actual danger of death yeah. and injury or I just like long term
1: trauma too, right? Like I mean this has been a long term conflict.
0: It makes me a little hesitant. I feel like this is one of the episodes that I felt the most hesitant to talk about. Because, I mean, even, you know, we've talked about some pretty intense things. We've talked about race a lot. we talked about gender. We've talked about abortion. We've talked about sexual assault. I did not feel as hesitant talking about any of those things that I did talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I it think... kind of gives you an idea. of just, how am like, oh, boy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think mine, what was my uncomfortable episode? Well, I think it's like, I mean, probably the abortion one, frankly, just because there's a lot of um, things I just didn't know necessarily, like, that I wanted to kind of take a step back and be like, all right, let me listen to somebody that probably has a better perspective on this than I do. Just, um, even if I don't necessarily agree with everything that they're saying, just to get, again, that additional perspective. And so, with this one, I I can see how, you feel with regard to kind of that like lack of or that hesitation, right, in discussing something that is so controversial and like has become very politicized, like people that don't support everything that Israel's doing in the United States are like you know death threats and stuff like that. and so like there are different <laughs> um expectations with regard to the United States and its relationship with Israel that make these conversations a little bit more challenging, perhaps. And then also just other factors at play, too. Yeah.
0: Well, when you're talking about people with death threats, are you talking about, like, representatives, like Congress, men and women?
1: Yeah, I'm talking about, like, um, Ilhan Omar, and um, that's the only one I can really actively think of right now that I know has received death threats regarding her... um, criticisms of the state of israel with regard to some of their policies gotcha yeah because mm-hmm. there's a very strong emphasis throughout the formation of israel at least in more indefinitely in more recent decades um kind of like a, a hunkering or doubling down of u.s support in a way that wasn't necessarily even seen uh 50 years ago um, so it's interesting. And I think, again, tie back to the book, right? Because it's going to know a lot more than we do. And there are historians and scholars that we're recommending that can provide some valuable input and, again, a little bit of nuance. Absolutely. And
0: I do think it's significant, too, that it's like actual Israelis and Palestinians that are writing the book. I've I've thought about this for a little while, not not super in depth, but I've been beginning to think more and more about it. Um, as I'm trying to interact with people with different ideas and often, you know, with the purpose of, I'm trying to persuade people, whether it has to do with, you know, something like my faith and my beliefs about the world, or it has to do with policy or whatever, just like in personal conversations. I think it's so valuable to actually go and hear what another side has to say and hear from them, not just your side framing the other side. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not necessarily your people kind of explaining what the other people think. It's actually going and hearing, what are they saying? And sometimes that can be scary in, like, circles where it's like, oh, let's let's protect our side. And, and I, I love it how Sky Jathani talks about, like, fundamentalism of any kind, whether it's secular fundamentalism or religious fundamentalism there's this insular focus, right? Um, and it, there is a danger, you know, you could go over to the other side and you could be persuaded by them, you know, who <laughs> like, yeah, right. Like, and I mean, you know, if your ultimate goal is to, you know, self protect or kind of maintain your group, well then, yeah, that's a real danger. But if your goal is I'm seeking after truth, even if I find it from a different group, then it's a risk that you have to take. Um,
1: <laughs> no, that's, no, that's dangerous, yeah, because it, it challenges almost the status quo of my side's always right, um, which can be—like, it shapes every—especially within the factions that we've talked about, right? It's hard to break away from that kind of monolith of factionalism and how, if you're not completely on board with everything— Um, then, like, you have this crisis, right? Or, like, if you do start to agree with one thing, you're like, do I have to dish everything else to the side? It's kind of almost, it's not a great comparison, but it's kind of similar to how within the, it's not a new realm, but within this recent development of, like, Christian deconstructionism, um, how certain negative aspects of Christianity are discarded alongside of everything else um and there's nothing necessarily rebuilt from the ashes if that makes sense
0: yeah absolutely like the sense of oh well this one thing was wrong about my group so i'm kind of throwing out the whole thing like the baby in the bath water you're throwing out the good stuff um not just the bad stuff i will say too i don't this isn't just like a christian problem although you know that's my circle of influence and more just like the circle that i walk in the, the people that i'm with yeah, but fair. recently, uh, you know, I've been interacting with folks that are, I would say they probably describe themselves as agnostic and, you know, they're close friends of mine. And I love talking with them about Christianity. You know, if they're going to ask, i be like, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, but sometimes there's a sense of like, they want to analyze the Bible, but not necessarily like listen to like a theologian. It's more just kind of like, like I was saying, my response to them has been like, Yeah, I'm glad you want to study the Bible. But here's the thing like, I've thought about reading the Quran and trying to learn the Quran and kind of what it's saying. But if I do, I want to also listen to Muslims interpret the Quran. Because if I pick up an ancient book, I'm not going to understand it if I just pick it up.
1: Yeah, no. That's what I'm, like, I've definitely been really interested in doing that. And hopefully, I mean, maybe by the time this episode comes out, I'll actually get into that. But no, I've definitely shared some more sentiments and, like, just trying to discern from my relationships with Muslims and my Muslim friends, like, hey, like, what is a good resource to understand the Quran better? You know, instead of looking at it from kind of a... uh, I don't know, like a, a scot, like a, a secular scholarly level, but actually looking at, hey, this is what my Muslim friends who are Orthodox are saying is a good resource that I need to like plug myself into. Right. And I mean, that's the whole argument
0: to bring it back to Israel and Palestine that I think it's actually pretty cool that we get to hear from Israeli and Palestinian scholars. Um, I don't think that's
1: a minor detail is what I'm saying. No, I agree. I think it makes a lot of sense just because, again, like everything we've talked about, it just makes sense to have people that are the experts in their own lives and in their own stories and narratives um, and are trained to do so as scholars tell that story in a way that is truthful and it's not necessarily placating to either side, um, which I think, again, is what we get a lot in this this book and in this episode hopefully
0: yeah i will say um you know one of the downsides of when someone's representing their own side in a very particular way i was a little bit disappointed every once in a while but i mean i mean it's to be expected with any any um anybody trying to kind of protect their reputation or their their people but um Yeah, I'll give an example. I'm I'm hesitant to give an example because as soon as I give an example of one, someone might be like, "Well, why don't you give an example the other side?" (laughs) And I'm like, "That's not really the point I'm trying to get across." But whatever, I'm gonna give an example. It's fine.
1: Roll with what you want. This is the last season. Do what you sure.
0: (laughs) So anyway, on page 150, if you're following along, if you bought the book if you got the book for a birthday present <laughs> um
1: <laughs> luke's just sending it out to all of our co no. Like, hey, so like if you give us a review for no this i'll give you a book and then you'll have to follow along when we're no. <laughs> doing a live stream of this episode yeah it makes sense we
0: know we'd have to have a lot more patreon uh, subscribers to do that <laughs> yeah that's um, true
1: we got like six <laughs>
0: shout out to our patreon subscribers you guys are the best yeah um, thank you uh...
1: <laughs> so
0: anyway this is an example here's a quote so i'm just reading one of the gravest and most tragic events in israeli history the massacre of kafar kasam took place on the eve of the sinai campaign so okay i'm gonna stop right there this is the israeli side explaining a massacre that they perpetuated so part of me is like wow good for them gravest and most tragic that's that's really good i'm really glad that they you know acknowledge that it's grave and tragic to do a massacre instead of just denying that it happened at all um but it's interesting because they pivot just a couple sentences later it says here it is important to note the date and time of the massacre Um, October 29th, 1956 at 1700 or 5 p.m., exactly the same time that Israel launched the Sinai campaign. And then they go on to, you know, that's the end of the quote. Then they go on to kind of talk about why this time is significant. And it sounds like there may have been some miscommunications. And, you know, I'm I try to listen generously to what people have to say. I, you know, if I were in the same situation, if I were launching a military campaign and you know somehow my side did something tor- terribly wrong i would hope people understand that okay some things were not intentional but you're still talking about a massacre <laughs> so it's like <laughs> yeah. all right like i am glad that you can acknowledge that it's a grave thing but also like if you just pivot and then go now let me justify it it's like ooh <laughs>
1: but uh you're not really persuading me <laughs> so, no, maybe not uh, no. anyway and I will, like, okay, so on the on the flip side, right, I will credit them also with, like, for the Israeli perspective or narrative, historical narrative, that this reading was very, um, I think it was very critical of their settlement policy and how it had lasting implications on just trying to figure out how to create a Palestinian state or how to have some sort of resolution between these two sides right like they did go into a decent amount of detail talking about how the settlement policy and just having israeli citizens settling onto lands that were internationally illegal to do so um and just how that kind of created this very like pocketed map of israeli settlements and palestinian towns all across the west bank that make it with, as of today, like I think 500,000 Israeli settlers out there in technically occupied territory, just that much more complicated as far as trying to create some sort of like Palestinian state, if that would be the end goal, right? Um, So I did appreciate that from their side because um, that was something that stood out to me. That's something that i had heard before. um, But I just did really appreciate how they brought that to the foreground.
0: Yeah, I, it is a very self-reflective um, narrative from both both uh, uh, different sides reflecting on their own. I know there's also a um, part in the Israeli narrative where they were reflecting on kind of almost like two different strata of status of israelites or i don't know if that would be the correct term to use uh jewish people israelis um, israelis there you go that's the one i'm looking for yeah Israel, um, it's a little old a little that's kind of what i was thinking i was like oh I'm man like, uh,
1: i don't think that's right anymore that'd be cool i think maybe i'm not sure <laughs> oh now
0: we're we're getting close to talking about something else that i i think we could leave untalked about no, <laughs> just for the sake of time <laughs> we're already got a long episode here but i would say They were talking about, they were self-reflecting on basically Jews from like Europe and other affluent places were basically more powerful than Jews from Africa. Um, Oh, right. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty impressive that it wasn't, it didn't come across to me. The whole book didn't come across as like, this is a propaganda campaign on Palestine's part or Israel's part. I was like, you know, that's actually pretty impressive because again, they're personally invested in the outcome of this conflict so
1: yeah and they also um i know i remember the israeli side talking about specifically how they just had more time to um just reflect on their history and be and kind of have that more critical bent towards it so i think that's why it kind of shows up in the narrative in the way that it does
0: yeah well and i mean someone could look at both of us and be like "Ah, nick and luke you guys are foolish you gotta know to run like a successful persuasive you know campaign you gotta be able to self-reflect just so you can look like you're very caring and empathetic it's like okay alright I I understand that cynicism I understand that level of scrutiny I feel like that's why I gave that example earlier <laughs> but, um that's all I got Nick <laughs> you got anything else for our listeners uh before we go
1: nothing that uh needs to be shown on this episode that's not gonna be increasingly controversial <laughs> all right well with that cliffhanger
0: um we do want to recommend our episodes in the future so next week we will be coming back with just don't do it and of course we got our patreon episode this month of open-mindedness and tent stakes thanks for joining us this week and we hope to see you back uh or hear you back
1: or you hear us next week (laughs) bye